0: It's the Skinny Podcast,
1: only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
2: Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor. I'll be joined by Jed Musi, Local12 anchor, producer, reporter. Jay Morrison from Cox Media and the Dayton Daily News will join us. And first off, Catherine Terrell from ESPN.com will give us her opinion on where the Bengals may go in this year's draft.
3: It might a pleasure to welcome in from ESPN.com, Catherine Terrell, who covers the Bengals. Uh, she has actually been in Bristol, and as we tape this, is in Bristol for ESPN's uh, live draft show, live mock draft show. Um, so I'm not going to ask you where you're going with that pick, Catherine, but, but as we sit here heading into round one, and we're going to touch on some other rounds, um, when you look at what the Bengals need, they really don't have to reach with that 21st pick. They can go in a lot of different directions without feeling like they – they they just took a guy cuz he was the best guy on the board and they don't have to pigeonhel- pigeonhole
4: themselves either well that's true but they might end up reaching depending on how <laughs> much you like the guy i pick for them or the guy they end up picking but um there are a few directions they could go with this pick like you said linebacker is one of them that's a need problem there is i think some of the best linebackers will probably be off the board by that point kind of eliminating that position tackles another thing I think Mike McGlinchey is a guy that they probably really like but I just cannot see him at 21 and then obviously we get to center that's a big need they could put TJ Johnson in that spot but I think they're going to fill that center position in the first two rounds and then of course there's always the old reliable first round cornerback pick they love so much
3: and and there are some cornerbacks certainly in play let's go to the center one though because it's the it's the one that does seem to be the the, the most needy of, of positions uh, for them, and there seem to be three main guys: James Daniels from Iowa, Frank Ragnow from, from Arkansas, and Billy Price from from Ohio State. Um, let's say all three are on the board at twenty one, Catherine, but they decide, all right, we like somebody else in a different position better, and we think one of those guys can slip to round two, and we still get one of the main three. Is that a dangerous? Is that a dangerous move for them to make?
4: I think it would depend on how much they like each one of them, and I honestly believe they have kind of different feelings on those three guys. I don't really think they're as close together, at least in the Bengals' eyes, as everybody seems to think they are. Um, It's interesting because I see so many draft analysts and whatnot putting Daniels first in that order of three as if it's a foregone conclusion that all the teams like Daniels that much, and I don't know that that's true. Um, so I I don't know a dangerous is an interesting term I think it's dangerous to assume that the center they like will be there in the second round I keep seeing that over and over people are assuming Billy Price is going to be there 14 picks into the second round and honestly I don't think so and I could say the same about at least two of them maybe one will still be be there but I bet at least two go off the board before the Bengals pick um, with the 14th pick of the second round and let's face it,
3: we don't know this part of it. We know some things. We we guess on some other things, but uh, there may be a guy in the third, fourth, fifth round that they really like, think they can get at that point, have worked them out, and, and feel like that's the guy. I mean, Russell Bodine was was the guy, whether you thought he was a good player or not. Um, and and the Pro Football Focus number suggest he was not a great player, but he also was a guy that started on two playoff teams, started sixty four straight games, um, so he did some things right. Um, and that's the part, maybe they don't they don't they're, they're not even worried if if they don't get one of the big three they maybe feel there's a guy in one of the middle rounds that they can get, and I guess we're not gonna know that until until Friday night comes to an end and, and if they're centerless at that point
4: right and I think what people forget is it's not always about liking this guy or liking that guy it's is that is the guy who's available when you pick a a correct pick right. or a correct guy around that area of of picking if that makes sense it kind kind of sounds convoluted but you know uh, say that you like uh, Colton Miller from UCLA and you're picking 10 well is Colton Miller an appropriate pick at 10 or you could say that about John Ross last year would he have been more appropriate at at 21 yeah as opposed to right so you know it's all about who's still there when you're picking and if you're reaching or not reaching or, or you know how it goes Let's,
3: let's move from the center position, um, and, and you touched on, on the offensive line, I, the, the tackle spot in particular. There is a little more depth there, though, than there is at the center spot, that if that if you don't get the guy in the first round, there's a couple of second rounds and maybe even a couple of third rounds. Um, it, it feels like that that's one that, look, if McGlinchey fell in your lap, and you're right, if that's the guy that you like and he's perfect fit at that spot and nobody else is, it, that you take him. But I also think there's a little more depth there, certainly, than there is at the center position.
4: Right, and I think that again that's a position that may be viewed differently by the teams than kind of the public perception. I think some people think Colton Miller's going to be a, a first round guy and and I don't know I think the opinions on him are wide
3: widely right, yeah.
4: varying, and he doesn't have that much experience so um you know if a McGlinch is there of course- I think yeah, you take him, but if a Colton Miller is there is Is it reaching at 21 versus getting your top center? Uh, I don't know. But um, the way we're talking, it makes it sound like the Bengals have so many holes. I don't don't think they have as many holes as people think they do, but the holes they have are are really Mm -hmm. important holes, and that tackle position is is certainly one of them. they filled half of it. Do they feel comfortable with Jake Fisher or – do so they feel like they have to fix the right side? You know, there's so many scenarios.
3: Or, or can Frank Pollock get more out of Cedric He and he becomes the guy? I, you know, The, the right. body of Good work point. in two years suggests it's not going to work, and it hasn't worked. But yeah, and that's the funny part is, is when you look at a couple of these position groups, there are guys on the roster that were, in some cases, high draft picks that you either haven't seen enough of, haven't panned out to this point with some coaching changes. Um, and, and so maybe they feel comfortable there. That, that's what I, this is one of the more interesting drafts I've, I've been involved with for them. Just because when you look in the first round, usually you go, "Oh, they got to get that guy," or that guy was clearly the best on the board. There just seem to be a lot of different options. And while you're right, there aren't holes. There, there is many holes that people think there are spots where they 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 can address. And I want to jump to another business group, which is the safety group. They've obviously flirted in the off season with a couple of veterans. Kurt Coleman was probably out of their price range. Eric Reed and them apparently were not on the same page with a certain question being asked, and uh, that didn't work out very well. But obviously, they're flirting with that. Uh, Derwin James probably won't be there at twenty-one. If he is, I think he's probably in play. But then you start to look in that safety group; there aren't a lot of there isn't a lot of top quality depth, and maybe they just shrug their shoulders and figure we'll circle back around in free agent, because There's a lot of free agent safety still out there.
4: Right, safety is very interesting position. I don't think Kurt Coleman was about money. I think that they offered him what they felt was was starting money. And um, I think he went with the Saints because he felt like the Saints are more proven at this time. But it tells you everything you need to know about how they feel regarding the safety position. They clearly feel like it's a place they could upgrade. And who would have said that in coming out of the season? That would not have been right. the general public's path need. And you do have some good ones out there. Uh, I I Think Reed is probably not an option anymore, but the um, Kenny Vaccaro is still out there. I mean, and honestly, it's not necessarily about who they have on the roster. They might feel like bringing in another safety could give them a three safety look and suddenly yep. open up things. And um, when you're in nickel, maybe you're not relying so much on, say, a Denard. You you have more options and thing about Terrell Austin is a lot of the players say, well, he likes to be multiple. He likes to put players in different positions. and You can have a, a decent three-safety look. That opens you up so much. So I think it's going to be talked about for the rest of the summer um, if they don't draft somebody. in Those safeties that we're talking about are still hanging out there in free agency, uh, even beyond the big names. Do they try to bring someone else in? I mean, you know, there's not going to be any big money thrown around at this point, but no, I, I don't think that that's a finished product of that position by any means.
3: Linebacker on paper, uh, Preston Brown signed to play middle linebacker. Vontez Burfecht on paper is a starting linebacker on the outside. And on paper, Nick Vigil is a starting linebacker on the other side. And on paper, that's a pretty reputable group. The problem is, though, you have some some, some question marks there because Vontez won't play the first four games. He's been, been proven to consistently get suspended, and the injury issues have, have crept up. You sign Preston Brown as it sits right now for only one year. Uh, maybe you get the hometown discount moving forward and all of those things. Nick Vigil only has 11 starts under his belt, so he's not completely proven. So I say all of that with the idea of while on paper you do probably have a starting linebacker group, and Jordan Evans got some snaps as a backup last year. How early might they go with that position group? And, and there's some depth at the outside linebacker position in this draft.
4: Um. I can see them taking a linebacker in the first round. The right the right guy's just gotta be right there. Yep. Um and if those the top I'm trying to think, maybe two or three are gone, they probably Yeah, Tremaine, Tremaine
3: Edmonds is probably gone, yeah, he's probably gone.
4: Right. I can't I can't see him being around, but um you know, you never know on draft day, but I just I guess I'm going to the assumption that the right linebacker won't be there. But if if he is, hey, first round is in play and I think it needs to be I've said before, I think that they need to start looking beyond perfect. And Absolutely. it sounds ridiculous because he just got re-signed. But, but
3: he, there's a reliability he, it's a reliability. Right. Can't reliability with him. the suspensions. And, and, frankly, it's a reliability with the injuries. I mean, he is just the guy that's played reckless enough to consistently get hurt. And, and, and I don't see him changing anything that's going to, to prevent that moving forward. And, and so, yeah, it's you, you have to start to look down the road and maybe not very far down the road at that position group.
4: I think it. they have to be very worried this year because of the new rule about lowering your head. I mean, it's going to be emphasized even more Absolutely. than it used to be. And the problem is, I was talking to someone the other day about how do these players learn these when you don't get enough time in practice. This was a did former that, player I was talking yeah, to. Right. So he's going to come in. He won't have played in a preseason game unless they change their MO. And why would he? Because he could get injured. Mm-hmm. So he, he won't have played in the first four games when they're kind of figuring this out. So what if he comes in and, and instincts take over, he lowers his head, and he gets suspended. And then all of a sudden, you're back, you're just right back where you were. I mean, it, it's going to, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to predict he's going to get suspended. I'm just saying it's an issue. It's going to be an issue. They're not going to stop emphasizing it. And with the injury situation, you just have to be prepared. You have to have someone behind him. And while Vinny Ray has proved himself to be a good backup,
3: thirty-one just, years old,
4: yeah, you need you need a you need the guy. You need another perfect. And they just they have to. If they're not going to move on, they need to have a contingency plan.
3: Yeah, and I think the good part in this draft is there are a lot of guys with first to third round grades. That yeah, maybe you don't get the guy in the first round unless it's the right guy. But I, I do think they come out of. Uh, come out on Thursday and or Friday with, with at least one guy. And I think you find another guy probably get, take, get taken on, on day three with one of those three fifth-round picks or one of those, uh, those three seventh-round picks. Uh, a couple of final questions for you, Catherine. Um, what do you make of Lamar Jackson being paraded through the Bengals' locker room? And while I don't think he's in play at 21, how much is he in play at 21 if he's there for the Bengals?
4: I think that was an accident. <laughs> I, I think the players didn't realize reporters were in the locker room cuz it was an open locker room session and yep. so I, I my guess is that he, a player brought him in there and wasn't supposed to um not that they were doing anything on purpose as subterfuge and i do not think he's in play for the Bengals at 21 i just don't see it uh, i'm going to go out and say it i just don't see it happening in any way no I mean, I would i'm be
3: in, I'm, in, I'm in full agreement and I, I even though there's some fifth to seventh round quarterbacks maybe fourth to seventh round guys I think it's a I think it's a reach to see them taking a quarterback at all. I, I really do. Maybe they maybe they find a guy that they just can't pass up on day three, but I I don't see it taking place. And and I know maybe fans don't like to hear that, and they'd love to see Lamar Jackson if he fell to twenty one. I, I fall into your camp. I don't see it. All right, I'm going to put you on the clock here. I'm going to give you three names, first round, um, and 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 I'm going to I'm going to take Mike McGlinchey away from you, and I'm going to take James Daniels away from you. I'm going to give you Rashawn Evans. I'm going to give you, and I forget the Jair Alexander, however you pronounce it, the kid from from Louisville who's a cornerback, and I'm going to give you, um, and I'm going to give you either Frank Ragnar or Billy Price. What do you do at
4: 21? If Evans is on the board, I would go with Evans. If he's not, I would go with Price. Okay. All
3: right. So Rashad Evans, if he's if he's there, and based on that scenario, would be your guy. I'm interested to see how you uh, what you do in your pick on your on your ESPN mock draft, and uh, I will see you this weekend for draft coverage. All right.
4: All right, I'll see you soon. All right, Catherine, thanks very
2: much. And, and obviously, center is a is a big position, fellas. Let's start there. It's the big three, right? It's it's Billy Price, Frank Ragnow, and James Daniels. And I don't even know what order to put them in. Um, I guess it's beauty of the, is in the eye of the beholder. I'll start with you, Jay, because um, you you you're as close to it as anybody else is too. I'm not going to ask you which way you go. Which way, if one of those, if all three are on the board, which way do the Bengals go? I think that's the big. There's a lot of ways we might go, but which way do they go at center?
1: Well, it's really hard to tell because they keep everything so close to the vest. I I think yeah, it's I, I think they go Frank Rag now. I, I just the the injury with Billy Price and this team's history with first round picks and right. injuries. You know, he may be the best player, but and I they mean,
2: need a plug and play, right?
1: They do, and I think all three of those guys would be. And, I mean, Ragnow had an injury last year, yeah. too. Um, and, but both those guys can both play guard. Um, I don't know if – I think James Daniels played it early in his career. Yeah, but he's, he's been, mostly he's, center. But he's been center pretty much his whole career. But I just – I think that's the way they go. You, you, you look. I mean, he played in the SEC, and look, every year you see these dominant defensive linemen coming out of the SEC, and and he was a, a somebody captain. had to block him exactly, <laughs> and he never gave up a sack right. in his entire which career, which is so oh, that unbelievable. And really. playing in the SEC,
2: yeah, I, I think the thing when, when you look at scattering reports on Daniels, and it's funny because I'm coming around more to Rag now because I think he's probably the more ready to play guy. I think the injury history, with not history, but the injury most recent one to Price at least gives you a little, a little pause. You read some things on Daniels, there's a belief he can be a really good center, but he maybe is not a plug-and-play right-away guy, that it may take a little bit of time. He's a little bit younger, I believe. Very young. Yeah, so I think that's the part there, that if you're looking at all three, you say, ah, Price, because of the injury, Daniels might be the best of the bunch by a long shot, but maybe not quite there. Ragnow, as you just mentioned, Jay, Ragnow, uh, Jed, might be the guy because he is probably the most plug and play ready guy.
0: Maybe go Morrison DeMuse so you don't have to get the JJ. Yeah, I got Jay <laughs> and Jed. Jay and Jed. <laughs> you know, um, Pro Football Focus called Frank Ragnow the forgotten superstar of the NFL draft. They love him. I know. And they compared him to Quentin Nelson. And Nelson's a, a lot of people think Nelson, him or Saquon Barkley is. One, two, in terms of overall talent in this draft, and Pro Football Focus, which is one website, one opinion that Marvin doesn't like. But go ahead. That Marvin doesn't like. But. He he thinks that, that. I mean, they think that that Ragnar is up there, and I've heard people say, "Oh, well, he's a center. It's not. It's not as impressive that he didn't give up a sack because he's a center." But I still think it's – I mean, you're talking about over 2,600 snaps this guy played in college. Somebody came through the A-gap at some point, right? Absolutely. And if you watch if you watch that bowl game, Ohio State won the bowl game against USC, but Billy Price struggled with those A-gap blitzes. In the first quarter there, they, he gave up a sack. Um, I think there's a lot you can say about all three of these guys. I think Ragnow is probably the guy when you look at it. He's climbing up the boards. He may be the pick. I think the interesting thing to think about, if you're the Bengals, and I don't know if you guys think, because you guys are more in it every day than I am, if you said to the Bengals right now, you can get McGlinchey at at 21 and one of these three guys in the second round, but you have to give up every other pick that you have in the draft. Oh do you wow! Think, do you think they would? Do you think they would do that?
2: I, I thought you were actually just going with it. Yeah. That's what would happen the first two yeah, rounds. No, they, they would. would no, no up, I. I don't you know. think they would. They would give all that up. But I. I That's a great. Let me let me pony off that question, which is, if you get McGlinchey in the first round, and I can guarantee one of those three guys is there in the second round.
1: Yeah, I think that's. They would definitely sign up for that. But
2: the fear is that none of the three may be there in the second
1: round. At forty-six, you think all three will be gone?
0: It's
2: possible.
1: In the Marvin Lewis era, which anymore seems like the dawn of time, is <laughs> – Right after Leather Helmets there, got – ne- There's never been three centers going era. in the top 46. Right, right, and but that's I mean, fair. But in football, how much do you look at those kind of type of – every year is different, and these guys, you know, it's a banner crop this year, so maybe maybe they are gone. But then again, they've got 11 picks. If, if they start getting antsy in that second round and one or two of those guys go off the board, maybe they trade up and, and get them. And another thing with Price, like we always look at, you know, his injury with the the peck at the combine and you look about, will he be ready for the start of the season? Will he be ready for the start of the season? Well, yeah, all indications are he will, but. How much? How many times last year did we hear mm-hmm. how much it set John Ross back not being available? Right for, for OTAs for the whole stuff. thing, yeah. And if you want him to be a plug and play starter, that's a, he's got to be ready to go. So I think that's another reason maybe they look at Ragnar instead of Price.
0: I think one of the things too in terms of will there be a center there in the second round among these three guys? I think while your point is true that there have there haven't been three centers taken in the top 46 it just seems like all three of these guys depending on where you look depending on the evaluations are are, are good they're all but it's all over the place right oh yes Mike Mayock has Daniels as his number one center you could look and see Daniels is number three so it's it's not as if there's a clear cut here's number one here's number two here's number three so depending on how certain teams evaluate they may say oh Daniels is there at 28 oh he's you know, that's the first guy on our board in terms of centers. So I think while there hasn't been three centers taken in the top 46 in the Marvin Lewis era, this particular, as you mentioned this year, you never know. And this could be the year that it happens. Who knows? Yeah. I I guess it just goes back to, can you afford to roll the dice that it doesn't happen? That's the big part. Or do they look and go,
2: Hey, there's a guy that, that, we lie. Maybe it's Martinez Rankin, who is a tackle that they project mm-hmm. as a center. Uh, maybe it's Mason Cole from Michigan. I, you know, Maybe not, but maybe there is a guy where they say, hey, we're going to find our guy in the middle round. We're not sweating this. I just don't think that's the case. I think at 21, unless maybe Derwin James fell in their lap there, yeah. uh, unless unless they have McGlinchey rated that much higher, um, and there are some second-round tackles that they could go center than tackle in the second round and probably still feel comfortable, Brian O'Neal from, from Pitt perhaps, somebody along those lines. Um, I just think for them, if they've got their choice of the three and they have one rated that much better than the other two, I think it's going to be hard for them to bypass center at 21.
1: If McGlinchey's gone.
2: Yeah. If McGlinchey's yeah,
1: there, I think you have to take him and, and say, hey, we'll sacrifice and take our third choice at center, hoping he's there. Yes, right. But you know, they got – Russell Bodine four and, and, years ago in the fourth round. And he started it he came in and started it. So centers center's one of those positions where it's not going to win you a game, but it can lose you some games. Correct. correct. And I, I think I think if McGlinchey's there, they just have to go him.
2: Well in and, and, and kinda of to your point about the, the whole centers in the top forty six, if all three are there at twenty one and McGlinchy's there and you go with McGlinchy, guess what? There's only twenty one more picks in between your pick there and your second round right. pick are three centers really going to go in the next 20-ish, 21-ish picks? That's, or whatever, twenty-four. Yeah, 12, yeah, Yeah. Are three centers really going to go? I mean, do three teams in that grouping really need a center? Probably not, right? Right. Now, if one of them goes before you pick and your guy is still there, uh, you know, let's say Ragnar is their highest-rated guy, and Daniels has been taken, or Price has been taken, which I don't think is going to happen. Then I think you do have to pull the trigger. I don't think you can wait and go, "Boy, I hope the last of the three right. is there when we pick in the second yeah. round."
0: And yeah. a lot of a lot of it's really sorry. A lot of it's going to depend on how much people are willing to jump on one of these quarterbacks. I mean, we you could potentially see what five, maybe. Well, oh, I think
2: you'll see five going to top twenty. Okay,
0: maybe six. So if that happens, then, you know, it's going to change a lot of things because then the the likelihood that McGlinchey's there at 21 is greatly increased. Mm -hmm. I mean, the likelihood that, you know, I'm I'm honestly shocked that people are thinking Derwin James is going to be there. I really am. I don't think he will be I there. But, but, just, but I'm but just, just saying the if, idea if, of yeah, yeah, if he fell into your lap. But the notion that he could be, or right. the, the you know that, that that's even a possibility, is is kind of shocking to me. But again, th- there there may be some interesting decisions to make at 21 for the Bengals, and maybe I don't want to get too off topic, but maybe they decide. Right, they take a quarterback. Who knows? All right,
2: let's play the game of McGlinchey's gone. The Bengals do take rag now. We get to the second round. I'm not going through all seven rounds, but there's so much. It's funny. There's so much flexibility and and fluidity to this year's Bengals draft um, because there's so many different ways and groupings they could go. Do they have to grab a tackle before Friday night is out, before that second and third round is over, or can they really go... We'll get somebody, you know, with one of those three fifth-round picks, and we'll just add that to the competition of Jake Fisher, Cedric Abuehi, Bobby Hart at right tackle. Because left tackle is already filled. I think you can go into this season with the guards being Bowling and Hopkins or Westerman or Redman, one of those. And, And maybe with all four of those guards being the main four, and then you would have drafted your center, and you have T.J. Johnson that can play some guard, play some center, all those things. Do you have to, Jay, grab a tackle early enough to where he is thrown into the, at least the competition mix to start?
1: Now, I don't think you have to at all, and I, I don't think they would. I think, like you said, they would wait till fourth, fifth round and, and get a guy they could develop, and, and maybe he surprises everybody. And, you know, Frank Pollock is supposed to be this great offensive right. line coach. Maybe he brings it out of him, and he he does step in and start the opener. But there's too many needs on defense for them to go – I mean, if it, if they go McGlinchey center, that's one thing. But yeah, if, I, if, yeah. if, if they go center first round – then then you've got too many holes on deep. You got to go defense in the second round, and it could be defensive tackle. It, it could be an edge rusher. It could be a linebacker. And there's plenty of places on the right. It could be corner again. I mean, yes. they, every odd year they really go after these corners. Although die. there's a
2: lot of depth at corner, man. There's a lot of guys with with third to fifth round grades. And it mean, was really lot.
1: odd in Marvin's press conference where he said he. I don't know if it was a smokescreen or what, but he said he didn't think he thought this was a down year for those. Those star defensive backs, safety and corner and
2: Yeah, probably star maybe, but but there's a lot of depth yeah. possibility
1: guys and yeah. that's
2: what they really need I mean you've got three starters right you've got your three starters in in Drake Kirkpatrick William Jackson Darquez Denard um and probably feel pretty comfortable with that but I do think you need to add some some depth and competition to that spot for sure because right now it's Kavari Russell and, and Tony McCray are your your backup corners as we walk into the season if
1: it started today and if there's one injury group or one position group that always seems to get hit no by injuries with this team it is cornerback no doubt. so um, yeah, I, I I would think they would go safety before corner, just because like you said, they are locked up starter wise. Now they're they're locked up starter wise at at safety too, but everybody knows that that they could use an upgrade there. And you know, I I had Justin Reed going to the third round in my seven round right. mock draft, and now I'm starting to see him going in the first round. He's like really flying up the boards. Whether he would be there in the second round or not, I don't know. But I I, I don't think you could afford to go back to back offensive players if. The center is your first. Pick.
2: Yeah, let's touch on. You did a you did a fan speak uh, mock draft for, I for you and I'm finishing mine tomorrow or actually tonight to put up on Thursday. Um uh what not. So who did you end up going with in those first couple three rounds and then we'll kind of slide well, I had down McGlinchey. the board. Okay, cuz he it, fell it, he fell to you he at that fell spot. All,
1: but I just I don't know if if that's going to be the case if if he's going to even be there at one. And then um uh, I trying to remember. Oh, Justin Reed was the third round pick, and then I had a tight end Then the second third round pick, the kid from Oklahoma, uh, Andrews. And yeah, and um, who was your second? Did you I, take a
2: center in the second round?
1: I'm trying to remember now, off the top of my head. It was so long ago that I did it. I, I think I did. I think it might have been Daniels okay. there in the okay. second round. Okay,
2: so you were able to get get the center in one of those yeah. those first two rounds. Um, Jed, when you when you look at this, and you and I talked about this on the Sports Authority mm-hmm. Sunday, and you asked me the question. I mean, really, when you look at this draft, at least on on Thursday and probably Friday, about the only two position groups I can probably rule out they're not going to take is quarterback and running back. And there might even be a wide receiver taken by the third. I don't think so. I don't think that would be prudent. But really, it, when you look at this, they, they've got a lot of ways to go. Um, and, and probably that's a good thing. That way, you know, the way they do their board, um, it's for them. It's kind of just plug and put that guy on, on the board for us.
0: Yeah, and I think what, what Jay said as it relates to Reed, it just seems like in the last couple of days, and I don't know if I'm, if I'm just a, a slave to this year and remembering, but I don't remember a year past where there was so much fluctuation leading up to the draft in terms of where they thought people were going to go. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of guys shooting up boards. It seems like there's a lot of guys coming out and, and, and falling. Uh, I, I, there is a lot of ways to go i don't i don't know necessarily that you could that i don't know if you can rule out a quarterback i don't know i, I think i think you, can. I think you be... can rule out a running back on because... thursday for, through the
2: first three rounds i think you can rule out a quarterback in fact i would i would almost make book you can rule out a quarterback on those two days in fact i would almost make book they don't draft one at all
0: they don't draft a quarterback at all i, I think if i think if the right guys there i think they they may take a run at it all
2: Right. we're going to talk about one of those guys in a bit lamar jackson but um I see I see a lot of mocks where defensive tackle is going before Friday is out. Um, you even mentioned edge rusher, and I, I, I get some of the tackle talk because they, they do need a compliment to Geno Atkins. You don't know if you can re-sign Geno Atkins because he's a free agent. Edge rusher, I've seen some as well. You mentioned one, J. I, I I guess I don't see that because you already, if you're in your nickel situations, you've got your edge rushers, don't you, Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlap? Do you really need an, another guy to bring into that mix?
3: And
1: early, unless, I'm talking about early. Right. Well, unless it's the backup plan, unless this isn't a smoke screen or a pie in the sky thing about Lawson playing linebacker. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know we've talked about it. We both neither one think that's going to end up happening. But maybe if they they find a dynamic three down guy, they can play after right. they rush off the edge, and then that's more of a, more of a possibility. But yeah, I mean, you still got Jordan Willis too, sure. who could, could come off the edge, and um, I. I think if there was, you know, if if Davenport were to happen, like somehow fall to the second right. round, and then you got to go get him, and, but I, I don't think edge is is a priority as much as it has been after with the home run they hit with Carl Lawson right. last year,
2: right? And, and and I think they think a lot of Willis too, and I think we'll see a lot more snaps from Jordan Willis this year, for and goodness' sakes. Albert
0: Breer had Harold Landry, the defensive end from Boston <laughs> right. College, going in the first round of the Bengals, right? So. <laughs> it just goes to the it just goes to show I agree with you guys I don't think that's a priority I think the Bengals are prioritizing bringing Geno Atkins and, and Carlos Dunlap back yes the fold. so I think that it because of that it's not a priority to, to go out and get an edge guy and that's why
2: they've saved they, they saved their rollover money and free agency to at least make a run at those guys I mean that was the, that's the plan and that seems to be you're right the plan that's in place right and
0: and Albert Breer isn't around this team every day you guys are so you guys have a better sense of it for the most part, I would say than he does, but it's just goes it, to no, show you. It just goes to show you how many different ways people think the Bengals can go with this pick.
2: One underserved position, and Catherine touched on it when I when I talked to her, and, and you you heard that is is I think linebacker's been underserved to a large degree, and, and maybe not even talked about enough. Preston Brown is on a one year deal. I know the hope is that that it's going to be more than that eventually. That he plays his way into a contract, and maybe you get him at the home team discount too because he's the the hometown discount because he's from Cincinnati. But you're getting to that point with Vontez Berfic where the reliability factor really comes into play, both suspension-wise and injury-wise. Uh, and Nick Vigil is not proven to be a dynamic player yet. Now, he only has 11 starts under his belt, so there's a little benefit of the doubt there. But, but how quickly do they need to maybe address that linebacker spot? And there are it's a pretty nice group, at least on the outside, through, through the third, fourth round to probably pluck somebody.
1: I think if, if you look at it on, on the surface, you say they've got to get one quick. You know, definitely before Friday's the, out Before the end of Friday night Yeah But it's just not what the Bengals do I mean they They took visual in the third round Took P.J. Dawson in the third round That Yeah didn't that work didn't work out, out so good they, They've just They're, they're so rel- I mean you got to go all the way back to What was it 09 when they took Mile In the second round And then um, Was it 08 with Keith Rivers Keith, In yeah, the first round that yeah. They just Ever since then They just have to- I mean, They've struck gold In the in the Getting the undrafted right. guys With Vinnie Ray And Vontes Perfect And And, and then even they, Emmanuel
2: Lemur At one point I mean started
1: right. Yeah, and he's still starting right uh, in Minnesota. So I, I just you just wonder if it's a new philosophy. Marvin kind of danced around it at his press conference, saying it all starts and ends with me. But you wonder how different the philosophy is going to be with Tara Austin, right? With a, a new coordinator come in, looking for different kind of not not just different kind of players, but prioritizing positions differently than what they have in the past. But I I definitely think you know Jordan Evans had. You know, he flashed at times, but he struggled. Vinny Ray, as great as he is. He's 31 great as a years guy, old. He's getting old. And and he's he's never been – I mean, he's, he's been a versatile guy. He's been very valuable in that regard. But he's never been, you know, a standout playmaker. Right. So, I think that is a big hole. And, and he's still – I mean, who knows? Preston Brown led the league in tackles last year, but new system – you, know, you just you assume he's just going to fit right back in and pick up where he left off. But you don't know. He's a new guy, new system. So I do think if they could get a, a dynamic guy, a linebacker, and by the end of Friday, that's something they should go for.
0: I think I think one of the things, because there are so many athletic freaks available in the draft, uh, guys like Rashawn Evans, who may be more of a, a – a a plug-and-play, reliable guy sort of gets discounted because he doesn't have the eye pop. He doesn't pass the eye test as much as some other guys. So I think a lot of people look at that and say, oh, that's a safe pick or that. But I think, he, you know, he had 17 tackles for losses last year yes. for, for Alabama. I mean, he was a fantastic player. Uh, but, I but I just don't know, and I don't have a sense that – may. and maybe you guys have a better sense of this is – do the Bengals value a guy who can just be a solid guy when they've had success, as you've mentioned, getting undrafted linebackers? If a guy isn't, you know, a freak of nature, right. are they going to spend a, a, a first, second, third round pick on
2: him? No, I mean, they probably needed that last year and they waited. You know, I, I don't really think they believe Lawson could be a linebacker at that point, but they took him as a linebacker, um, and that was a third day, third day guy, and and they took uh, uh, Jordan Evans in the sixth round. Right. Um, so they waited. They waited even last year to to address that, and some of it is a lot of the NFL today. You're, you're if you're a four three defense, you're only a four three defense in hope on first down, and then you become uh, a nickel defense with only two linebackers, and maybe that's part of the philosophy. As long as you feel like you've got. Enough rotational nickel guys that you can get away with not having standout guys, but I, I I think you're at that stage now where the trust of perfect has got to start worrying you to the point where you better have an answer if he continues to get suspended, especially in this NFL this year where the the head up is is, is the thing and I and his injury history I think has really got to be troubling because it feels like he plays two games gets hurt plays two games gets hurt and then gets. Off for a period of time it's got to be concerned I mean
0: if 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 he only had the injury history he has or if he only had right. the the off the or not off the field but after the whistle history that he has it would be a concern and he's got both I mean if you're not already trying to figure out how to how to plan for life after Vontez, you're doing you're doing a disservice to the team
1: and he wasn't last year when he did play the Vontez that were you that kind of lit everybody's eyes up he I mean and
2: some of that was when he got moved to middle yeah I think they really thought that might be an answer at that point in time it
1: was not he struggled there but you're right I mean he struggled on
2: the outside as well
1: yeah he did and going back to Evans that's he's a really interesting I think if he's there at 21 he's definitely in play for him in the first round because it's yeah part of you says you know he's he had a great year in the SEC playing linebacker but he only played one year but that's that's Alabama. Right. I mean, they're, yes. they're so, I mean, he was behind Reuben Foster, right. who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago. So that's really interesting. Is that is that a plus or a minus that he's only a one-year player because he's got a lot of life left in his legs now? but he, does, he doesn't have the experience.
0: I think it's a huge plus if we're talking about a guy coming out of Alabama because I think Saban runs those guys into the ground sometimes, especially the, the some of the running backs that have come through, the yeah. Trent Richardsons of the Yeah, world. they've got they, tread on their tires they, when they come in the they've league. They've got a ton of tread on their tires. So if he's only playing one year at UTEP, that may be an issue. But if he's only playing one year at Alabama, I think that may be a, a mark in his favor. And he has struggled, uh, groin injury, and, and he's had some kind of nagging injuries, but – I just again I think that the the Bengals will look at him and say he's he's too We we want to make a more dynamic right splash and I think he's I think he'd be a fantastic pick at 21 I just don't know if the Bengals think that way
2: the safety position you mentioned uh, you, you had Eric Reed going um, uh, before the Fridays out it, it is interesting that if you don't get maybe the top three or four guys on Thursday or Friday and I don't see them getting a guy on on Thursday in the first round that there's a little bit of a of a drop off if they, and I do think they would end up taking one at some point on Sunday, maybe even if it's in the or Saturday rather, maybe even if it's in the one of those three seventh round picks. I think they're going to at least add a safety somewhere in the mix. But if they don't get a guy they feels a dynamic playmaker, there are still some free agents out there. How much do they go back and circle back to that, Jay?
1: Yeah, because they've got that luxury of developing a guy. Right. Because you, they would like to upgrade from from Sean and George, but you. Those guys are going to be your starter week one, and and so and you look at their their past. They they love taking cornerbacks and safeties in the seventh round. Yeah, and now they've got three picks in the seventh round. So
2: and all grouped very close together to yeah. where they basically control control the end of the
1: draft. So so if there's if there's like guys in there that they think maybe that would be a really good undrafted maybe just go ahead and pull the trigger on him in the seventh round and not have to fight everybody else. Because there's no – even though you might have a great relationship with a guy and think you've got him locked up as soon as the draft ends, but you never know. Right. It, 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 they, it might be another team that – Possibly has an opening at safety where the kid knows he could has a chance to come no, to and start. No, as you know,
2: there are a lot of players who would rather go undrafted than get picked some point in the seventh round because they right. control their
1: own destiny. Pick at that the point. best fit right. for. Them. I mean, you you're, you're a kid like that, and you're looking at this team, and you got two high-paid safeties that start almost every game. Maybe they do look to go elsewhere. And, and the Bengals have eleven picks. A lot of these guys are,
0: is is for depth and and right and they, competition. going to ha- exactly they're going to have guys. That that they're drafting to hope to push people that are that are out front, um,
2: but it's obvious they flirted with safeties here on the on the free agent market. I mean, they're they're looking for a playmaking safety of some kind. I think the problem, like I said, is if you don't get somebody early, and I'm not telling you they should, because you can get by with George Iloka and Sean Williams play. You, you you'll be you'll be okay. And Clayton Fedelem played pretty well, but I get their point to upgrade. I think if if you don't, then I think you go circle back to free agency and, and look at one of the veterans on the market because a lot of those guys are still out there.
1: Hey, Eric Reed's gonna be
0: there. I mean, right. Right. Yeah, I, I just don't know who who's dynamic enough of a safety outside of, of the guys at the top of the draft. And I don't know what you guys think about Minka Fitzpatrick. He's probably not gonna be no, there. I think but be they're there. saying that he some teams project him to As play a safety, safety right. eventually. So maybe that's another way that James drops. I don't know. But I just don't I don't know if that guy's out there that is that much demonstrably better than George Iloka.
2: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of being a player. I think they want those safeties to be able to come up with turnovers. George has nine career and, interceptions. And, and
0: in an ideal world, I think everybody does. Right. But I'm saying, who is that Who is that guy?
2: Well, I, I like George. I think he's been a solid player, but he does have a hard time catching the football. I mean, he, he does. Tracking
1: it and catching Tracking it. Tracking it
2: and catching it. And that, that's what I think Terrell Austin wants is... Somebody that can come up with something on the ba- on the back end again. Can you survive with George I. Loke and Sean Williams, and will your defense be awful because they play? No, those guys are capable players, but I do understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to find a playmaker.
1: They have to. I mean, the, the, you look at the fumbles and the interceptions they have; they've been non-existent the last couple of years. And so maybe, maybe if you get that that guy at, at linebacker, you get a dynamic playmaker, right, a playmaker there, and you you figure you can, you know, you can go ahead and go with George and Sean in sure. the back end, not get that dynamic playmaker guy. But th- that that has to be a huge focus of this team. And it's, it's a hard thing to predict. You say you want guys that can force turnovers, but until you actually get in there and play the game. Yeah, can th- you do it? A lot of it's just breaks. Correct. With the ball coming Correct. your way. and so, But that that definitely is something that, that they need an upgrade there. It's just a matter of when they pull the trigger to go for it.
2: All right, you mentioned a position that you took before Friday was out in your mock draft, and that's tight end. Um, and people are probably scratching their head going, well, wait a minute, not that early, but but when you look at what they've got, Tyler Eifert's on a one-year deal. Tyler Croft will be a free agent at the end of the year. CJ Uzama will be a free agent at the end of the year and hasn't been overly productive either. Mason Shrek's untested. He's a seventh-round pick. I mean, you could go into 2019 with really definitely needing a, a, a tight end, and I think the thought process from some of those taking him as early as you're taking him is you want a guy maybe not just for this year. You want him to help this year, but you need you may need him for next year to be your guy.
1: Next year for your guy, and you may need him this year to be your well, guy yeah. because who knows? Because of that, Look the injury at Tyler is r- right. I mean, he's he doesn't he has, doesn't play full seasons, and I mean, he, what two back surgeries for a tight end? That's well, three best. if you go back to college, yeah. right? Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a scary proposition, and that they they need a guy a big guy like that to to kind of open up open up the middle of the field. You've got the wide receivers. And you assume they're going to have the run game with Mixon, so that's that's the one piece that they really need on offense. And and Eifert gives it to him if he's healthy, but if he's not, they they need a replacement there, and and it could be as early as week one or week two. Yes, you that's just, a you, fact. You don't know when it's going to happen with Tyler Eifert, but but you're like you said, definitely next year. I mean, if if Eifert stays healthy and plays sixteen games and, and has a huge season, he's going to price himself, price out. himself right yeah. out out of this sure. franchise. So. That, that is definitely – I think, you know, you, ideally the first couple of days you're, you're looking at this year, but you always have to have an eye on the future, especially when you have a position where all three guys are up at the end of this year.
0: If they have their pick of the litter at 46 and they've got – I mean, it's all so fluid, but if they get a center in round one and they have their pick of the tight end litter, is that worth not addressing defensively to get – uh gasecki from penn state or that kid from south carolina Hurst, is it worth going after one of those tight ends over a, a defensive player
1: that's a good call i i don't know i i i don't know if you can like i said earlier if you can go offense offense um with the situation they're in on defense and i've i've seen hurst as a first rounder and right in some yeah. mocks and i mean a and i've lot seen of, him as a third rounder in a couple yeah. of mocks Oh, you got up there <laughs> right, too right. yeah and then with the the was it Goert or getter I don't yeah. know how you say his name South Dakota is yeah, he the, or North Dakota. of the that's a, interesting I mean everybody's really high on him but he played at a lower level does, does it translate to the NFL So, so did Carson Wentz man
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's carrying the flag for all those all yes, those he, folks now yes he is
2: um, I uh, final one is is the quarterback position um, obviously Lamar Jackson got paraded through the locker room on an open period that we were there and and, and no coincidence <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I. I I thought it was interesting from what I understand that perhaps it was it was more of a coincidence, but I, I still don't think so. I think they want it to be known. Um, the, the question is, I, they're not going to take Lamar Jackson. A, does he fall to that 21st spot where the Bengals can, can trade? And I'll just have to throw it out there because there are Lamar Jackson lovers out there and people go, if he's there, you got to take him. If he's there, should they take him?
1: I don't think they should. I mean, this team's in a position where they need that first-round pick to contribute right now. And and the Bengals have said they're all in on Andy Dalton – um, I, I believe that's the way they really feel. I don't think that's lip service. No, I think I absolutely think that's and the way they you, feel. You've, already, you've got three quarterbacks and yeah, I mean, Matt Barkley and Jeff Driscoll say what you will about him, but if you go get another quarterback, how are you gonna know how good he really I mean, how do you get enough reps to you're not gonna throw him right in as your backup you and get him second. So he's gonna get limited reps. How how are you gonna know how good he really is this year? Um, I just I mean it is interesting he's he he could bring a whole different dynamic to this offense, but I just I I I don't say I don't want to say it would be a wasted pick, but I just I don't think it would be a smart pick. That the where this team is positioned right now, and, and I don't have another team. I have no I mean, I could see Arizona taking him at fifteen. Right, right. I, I think he's definitely a first round talent, but I just don't think he fits the Bengals.
0: I, I think I, I've seen him go to Jacksonville. Gosh, I think that would be a fantastic fit for him because they've got, as you mentioned, Jay. I don't think the Bengals are in a position to say. Hey, we've we've got a lot of our other ducks in a row. We can we can go after this guy. I think they like him, and I think there's a lot of reasons to like him as a quarterback. I think his accuracy. A lot of people ding him for his his accuracy, but to go to a place like Jacksonville, who was or they were in the AFC Championship game last year. They've got they've they've got a lot of other things in place. I think he could really make a difference on a team like that. Much like Deshaun Watson made it, for for Houston last year before he got hurt but I I agree I don't think the Bengals can take a quarterback I don't think they can afford that because as you and I talked on Sunday night the Bengals can't afford for their first round pick not to play immediately this year right I just don't think they can and that's to your to your point Jay so but I, I think I think I think Lamar may be the best quarterback in this draft I I just think he may – I don't I don't like a lot of the other guys. I think he may be the best. And, and that's
2: where when all these people keep dinging Andy Dalton, you've gone through a lot of drafts now there's a lot of teams searching for that quarterback still. And whether you like Andy or not, he's won a lot of games, and he's still a, a pretty solid starter. And that's the funny part is you can ding him. You can call him middle-of-the-pack guy, however you want to address what Andy Dalton is. Bengals have gone a lot of years now without having to address that, that position. Um, and maybe fans think they should. I don't. But it just tells you how desperate teams are. When there's quarterback crop, they, look, there's five of them, Jackson included, going in the first round and all, in, in most likelihood. And yet, no one has a consensus on who of the five is the best. And, and really, you don't have a good feel for any of those guys.
1: No, they've all got holes in their right. game. And if, if the Bengals don't take one this year, that's four straight years they haven't drafted right. a quarterback. How many teams can say that? So, I, I just, I don't... <laughs>
2: Do they address it on day three?
1: I don't think they address it at all I don't in this. And and, and like you, you, you guys were talking about earlier, too, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if they don't take a running back or a wide receiver in this draft. Although, one thing that's interesting is, I, I mean, Alex Erickson didn't have a great year returning right. last year. And, and I, I think if there's a running back or a wide receiver out that there can that's do that. got return skills... He, that might be a flyer they take on, on on a on the third day on saturday yeah and
2: you've got those three picks in the fifth round three picks in the seventh round right. so you can you can probably do
1: that
0: uh, another guy i'm interested to get your guys opinion on we're talking about McGlinchey in the first round a guy who has plummeted because of his combine oh yeah i know that, this is going to that question. is orlando brown and i think marvin was at his pro day marvin lewis i think don't quote me on that but There is that – Marvin had the connection to his dad. Mm -hmm. Zeus. Brown now maybe is a third-round guy. Third-round guy guy. possibly, yeah. Do you think that that's sort of an earmark that the Bengals have and that's where they're going to address the tackle thing?
1: I'll let Jay answer that first. Address it where now? Third-round. Third-round.
0: With with Brown. I –
1: well, if he's, he's there a, in the third, possibly. He was a
0: first round right Talent.
1: before the combine. Before yeah. the before combine, the, before
0: the
2: disaster that was the combine. And,
0: and but do you think that it's a that that Marvin's connection to his dad? I mean, you hate to say that that's what's going to determine who gets picked. But do you think that they're that they're waiting to maybe address that position until until the third round?
1: I don't I don't think the third round specifically. I think if, if well, Orlando him, is there yeah. that, that that he would definitely be in play there. But I still think they wait maybe fourth, fifth round to get a guy because you know, once you get past that first round, he's it's probably not going to be a starter. Right. And but
2: but the one thing I and I, I think I agree with you, but I'm also gonna give you a devil's advocate part of that, that if let's say you've addressed a couple other needs in those first two rounds and you haven't gone tackle yet, which that's the only reason you'd be entertaining the idea, you're getting potential first round talent in the third round who plummeted only because Honestly, he got fat and sucked, and you hope you work that part out of him, right?
1: And, and it seems like Frank Pollock's the perfect guy to do right. that. He's he's going to be a, a little more, I don't know if you'd say Army general type yeah. than, than Paul Alexander was. And uh, Paul yeah. was more clinical. Yes, yes. And, and Frank seems like he's got that mean streak in him, and he, he was great with us at the combine, very friendly. But he, he, he sees you can see where he's a guy that he's going to be a no-nonsense guy on the practice field. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's always that's a huge red flag when they when they have that kind of a performance at the combine but maybe they look the other way and i'm sure you know Marvin at the pro day uh, i don't know if they had him in for one of their 30 visits or not but i don't I, believe I, they did i mean there's so much more that that goes into it and they 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 spent a lot of time in oklahoma researching joe mixon and maybe they were poking around even as early as last sure. year trying to get some some intel on orlando and I think
0: the 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 thing about Carl Lawson last year was he's a first round talent if he didn't have the injury history, and I think right. I mean, a lot of people said he's a first second round talent if he doesn't have the injury history. That and he was he had. a bit of
2: a tweener because you weren't sure if, was he an end, was he kind a linebacker? Yeah. yeah,
0: right. So I, I mean, I just I think that the Bengals may be looking at that and saying this is where we think this guy is, is potent, can potentially be where he was at the start before the combine, and and that may be if McGlinchey's there at twenty one and they don't take him. Maybe looking down the line, they're saying we, we think we're going to be able to get Orlando Brown, and we think he's going to be potentially better than McGlinchey. Yeah. All
2: right. Last part here. All right. I'm, I'm going to put you on the clock. You got the first round pick. McGlinchey's gone. James is gone. All three centers are on the board. Rashawn Evans is on the board. Jared Alexander from oh, from Louisville. The cornerbacks on the board. Um, Vitavia is gone. So you got maybe the next tackle down. So if you're thinking defensive tackle, which I'm not, but they may be. But but that that's where you're at. I'll start with you, Jed. Who do you go with? All three centers are there. McGlinchey's gone. James is gone.
0: Who do I personally go with? Yes. Um, I would. I th- I like the linebacker from from Alabama, Rashawn Evans. I would go with Evans. All right, so you go, I with, would show go Evans. with Evans. But I think and you'd roll I, the dice
2: to get the center in the second round.
0: Yes, because I don't think, as we mentioned, I don't think that that three, all three of those centers will be gone at that time. Um, but I think, I think if Ragnow's there, I think the Bengals probably pull the trigger on him.
1: Jet. Yeah, yeah. If all three centers are there, it's, it, I think it's rag now. But I wouldn't count out Colton Miller, the offensive tackle from UCLA. UCLA. A lot of people think he's the second best tackle available, and I don't think McGlinchey will be there. And it is, it's, it's such a need. Not the centers, a need too. But I, 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 I say. Go Ragnow, but but keep an eye on Colton Miller as well. All right, I'm going to go Ragnow as well, and I would go my second pick would be Rashawn Evans.
2: I think at some point you need to really address that linebacker, not with a mid-round guy, but with, a, with an upper-level guy. But I, th- I
0: think if you've got your choice, I think now is the guy. And I, I say Evans and cross my fingers as one of the hard centers, as I sure. possibly can sure. that one of those centers is, is there at 46, because I think as, as much as they fluctuated, I think if you get one of those guys, you're in good shape. But there's no question that they have to get – I think, I think they have to get one of those three.
2: All right, fellas, I appreciate it much. We're in for a, a long weekend. We can finally breathe again come uh, come Sunday, probably midday, after we all sleep in on, on, on Sunday and get it out of our system. So I appreciate the time, uh, kind of the eve of the draft, uh, for coming in. Very good. Thanks. For Catherine Terrell, who joined us from ESPN.com, Jed Demusi, Jay Morrison, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.